1: And I'm going to be with you for the show. I'm Kathy Cook-Noble, your host. And this is where we talk all things money and all things financial, even if it's uh, simple, if it sounds simple to you, if it sounds complicated to you, if it's confusing to you, then we'll tackle it here and make sure that it fits with whatever your plan is to make your life successful and happy. Because uh, that is what we do in my practice here in the financial world, as well as here at the Inspired Choices Network. We like to take anything complicated and break it down so that we can understand it a little bit better. So it can help us and our families to be more successful either financially or in our lives. And I mean, if you've ever heard me before, you'll know I think it all comes back to finances. I'm not saying that money is the all and everything. It's just that it, at some point, it has to be acknowledged that you need it and you need it for different things in your life. Now the question is how much do you need and when do you need it and how often do you need it and what is enough for you? So those are things that we like to tackle. I talk a lot in my practice one-on-one with people about that Um, as an advisor that's licensed and in a a bookkeeping uh, business we have. uh, That's one of those important things that we like to talk about and what are your goals? Where do you see yourself? Where do you want to see yourself? And that's the real question. If you're here and you want to see yourself someplace else, then let's figure out where you want to be and back engineer it to say, what do we have to do to get you there? It's that simple. And the other simple part is, it's just you that you have to focus on. And I say that all the time. I think I say it every night here on the Inspire Choices Network because it is so true and so important. You just need to know your own stuff. We don't need to know about our neighbors maybe it's interesting maybe we're we're the nosy neighbor like Gladys Kravitz and that's you know for those of you out there that are in my age range you know who Gladys Kravitz is from Bewitched. But if you're a Gladys Kravitz and you just want to know what everybody else's business is, well, that's fine. That's for entertainment. That's no problem. It's when we start to take that information and we start to rely on that as real research and real planning and real financial information that we have our problems. Because every single household is different. Your household is different than my household, which is different from my sisters, my brothers, my cousins, it's the same exact thing and I always tell people you could be an identical twin and you will still have a different plan because you have different needs different time frames for it Uh, you will have different interests so your neighbor might own a boat who cares if you don't like the water and if you don't want a boat who cares you don't need to buy a boat But if you're interested in taking vacations, or you're interested in retiring early, or you're interested in not retiring at all, you just want to cut back and and do your own thing, that's what matters. So financially speaking is here to do some myth busting some nights we talk about different, uh, different pieces of financial literacy that don't make sense all the time. And we hear it in the, the news or we read it somewhere or we've seen it even in a TV show or on a movie. And you kind of wonder if it's if it's true, if it's exaggerated, if there's anything valid to it or useful to it sometimes. And I always tell people that we make it a little bit complicated in the financial world. A lot of acronyms, uh, a lot of formulas, a lot of math, which uh, is, is okay if you're a numbers person you enjoy it and you're in it every day like I am. But for what you need it for, financially speaking, is plain language, real information specific for you. So if there's a topic that we have not covered and you would like to hear it covered, then let me know. Email me, join us in the chat room, Facebook, uh, message me, uh, call me, whatever works best for you. Uh, Because a lot of the topics I do get from people that are curious about something or they've heard something or they didn't understand something that their financial advisor said, and they weren't sure they didn't want to look silly. And I get that all the time, especially from women. Well, I don't want to look stupid. So I didn't want to ask. And my response is always, they work for you. Now nobody cares more than you do about your money. So don't ever be afraid to ask. It's not a stupid question. It doesn't matter what the question is because it's your money. And if you're afraid to ask the person that you're talking to about your money, then that's a conversation you need to have with your partner or yourself if you're by yourself. And that is, am I with the right person? And actually, I think it was a couple of years ago now, uh, I did a show and we talked about how to look for a financial advisor and questions to ask and, and uh so on. But the the bottom line is, it's a comfort level. So if you can't feel comfortable talking to that person, then that's an indication that you might want to keep looking for somebody else. Uh, Because I I really truly believe that everyone needs to be comfortable when they go in to ask about their financial plan or their financial future. Uh, You have one time in this world to go around that we know about. (laughs) And life is short, and we need to enjoy it. We need to do what makes us happy. We need, need to have the amount of money we need to make us happy. We don't all have to have multiple millions or billions of dollars. That's what they show and glamorize on TV and in movies. And and, and frankly, the financial shows, if you watch those, those are the people that they're talking to, they're talking about. Uh, there's, a, there's always, uh, and <laughs> this is kind of where I get, uh distracted, but there's always all the conversations in politics, and it's so irritating that they use the middle class and they talk about small business and they use us like we're little puppets that can get them elected. But when I look at the financial layout of any plan that they have, I rarely see where it benefits us. And it's always frustrating. I don't care what color party they're in. They're um, Uh, that's a whole other show (laughs) and I'm sure there's all kinds of other conversations and opinions about it but from a financial point of view it's always a bit irritating that uh, the people they say they're helping are don't end up typically being the ones they're helping so that's where we come in if there's a question about your financial health and and you're confused and you've had something going on that you don't understand then it's kind of hard to find somebody and that's what we we do here not just for finance, of course, we do that on the network in general. And I really firmly believe that if you need some help with your, your soul and your spiritual side, if you need some mental help to make your mind healthy, if you need help with your parenting, or even with, with pets and friends and partners and, and business questions, there really is a show here for just about everything. And I say just about, cause there might be something missing, and if there is and you have that gift and that skill, then it's I think it's important to plug yourself in and, 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 and maybe even think about doing your own show. And Christine MacGyver would be always willing and always um, accepting and receiving of talking to somebody about that show and how it would look. And she's extremely good. At guiding you through it, so even the people who are numbers people, who are typically behind the scenes and you don't see out front, and all of a sudden, boom, here we are, <laughs> out front and now doing TV for heaven's sakes. When we just did radio, that was that was uh, hard enough to start to do radio, and then Christine introduces a TV platform and and here we are, third time in doing TV, and and most of the day you're spent behind the the curtain plugging numbers away. So that's kind of funny, but feel free if you, if you do see something, um, that you think, wow, why are not we doing a show on, on X, then talk to Christine and say, Hey, what do you think about the show? And she'll, she's awesome at helping you work through the logistics of it too. So if you're thinking, I don't know how I could talk about automotive for an hour, (laughs) then you would be surprised at how much you could talk about automotive for an hour every week and all the different topics. So that's my, uh, little plug, if you will, and uh, update for the the network. Uh, It's very exciting. There's lots of cool things happening here, as always. Um, TV as the most recent introduction. And uh, you'll see a lot of our hosts who are extraordinarily gifted people in their fields and extraordinarily nice to talk to. So if there's anything that you see, or you need more information on, reach out, they'll talk to you. They'll email you back. They'll treat you like a real person and they'll help you with whatever the questions are that you have. Um, so tonight I want to start with Care, uh, we recap. I'll just recap a little bit. So November is financial literacy month. And for me, I'm in Canada in Ontario, Canada, but I'm going to talk and I usually talk about the Canadian side because that's um, really what I know best, but there's always more, American equivalents, and I try and bring those up as well. Uh, Tonight, I have a lot of uh, American stats and stuff that we'll plug in and share a little bit on the American side. But for the most part, the concepts we talk about here are the same throughout the world. So it's not just Canadian women, for example, that struggle the most with finance. It's typically women around the world. And I say that because when you think about it, most women aren't the ones that handle the financial questions or the financial planning in the family. And I can tell you from experience in my practice, when I see a husband and a wife, it's usually the husband. And this isn't a bad thing. This is just how it happens. It's just natural habit. And women aren't typically the ones that like to jump in and learn all about their, their finances or they're not comfortable or, 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 Beyond my understanding, they don't think it's fun, (laughs) but uh, apparently some people don't think it's fun. Uh, I think think finance and money is fun, and I think it's fun because it's about you. So you're figuring out all these different ways for your life to be better and your family's life to be better, and you can do all these different scenarios and planning with your finances, and I think that's fun because then you start to have, uh, when you start to have fun with it, that's when you really start to understand it, and you're even learning about it. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Like I said, it doesn't have to be hard and we don't need pie charts and graphs and and all kinds of uh, algorithms to talk. We just need to know where you are, where you wanna be and how do we get you there. Um, If you wanna leave a million dollars to your favorite charity and have your name in uh, highlights when you're not here, you can do that. There's plans for that. And you'd be surprised at uh, how easy they can be. It's just a case of opening up and, and sharing what it is you really want to do. And once you get there, the rest of it is just putting it in place. And this month, because it is actually Financial Literacy Month, we have started to talk about what is financial literacy. And last week we started talking about what it was and why it's important. And I really, really believe that everyone has the ability and the need to understand their finances and understand their money. Do you need to be an expert? Absolutely not. Do you have to be a licensed advisor? Definitely not. Can you understand your stuff and just see that you're doing well for your family and you're achieving your financial goals? Absolutely. And that's what we need. And that's really all we need. So last week when we talked about financial literacy, um, we talked about what it is and uh, what exactly it looks like. So I think I, I gave a different definition last week because there's different ways of looking at it. So this week, when we look at it, we look at financial literacy and it's just simply something that says, you are able to understand financial issues everybody deals with like saving money, paying bills, debt management, investing, and stuff like that. That's really it. So do you need to understand how complicated trusts are inside of trusts for publicly traded companies? Do you need to understand what tax implications are involved in buying a yacht in another country? No, you don't. You need to understand the only issues that affect you. And if you happen to be buying a yacht in another country, then sure, let's talk about that because that's something that's important and that's something that's going to affect you and your family. But if you're not buying a yacht in another country, then why do you care what's going to happen to your taxes? So that's really what financial literacy is. It's understanding your own stuff, how to pay your bills, whether you're managing your debt, if you have any. Uh, If you're planning for your future, if you're investing and saving for your future, what it looks like for the next generation. If you have children, what does that look like for you? Do you want to leave money and wealth to them? Do you not want to leave wealth to them, but you want to leave something to them? Do you want to have the ability to leave money to a charity? Uh, Do you want to create huge wealth for the next generation? These are all questions that are about you. And if that's something you want to do, then fantastic. Do that. If you don't want to do that and you just want to travel two times a year for two weeks at a time, or you want to buy a motorhome and travel around, you know, for long weekends, if it's a trailer that you want to buy, if it's a little boat that you want to have to take out in the summer, great. that's the plan that you need to focus on so that's what financial literacy is it really is and this is why I like it so much to talk about this month especially because financial literacy is all about you it focuses on you and it only cares about you and it only looks at what matters to you and your understanding so that's what we're going to talk about tonight And that's actually going to be our series for the month of November because financial literacy is very important and we're going to look at different parts of it. So tonight we'll talk about improving your financial literacy. How do we do that? And we'll also talk a little bit about why it's important um, from carrying on from last week when we talked about it. So we're going to take our first break of the night. And when we come back, we'll continue on our journey to being a financially literate individual. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm Kathy Cook-Noble, and I'll be right back.
0: Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. 2 p.m. Mountain and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I'm your host, Kathy Cook-Noble. And tonight and for the next couple nights, we're gonna be doing a series on financial literacy. And November is Financial Literacy Month here. And in April in the US is when they've declared it to be Financial Literacy Month. The US government has, has set that up. Congress has said April will be Financial Literacy Month. And they've actually, you can tell it's important because there's a lot more information about it now. And I think especially coming out of it, and still I know we're not out of it, but there's a pandemic that we have um, some support that we're going to need for a little while, especially for businesses, for individuals whose businesses have gone um, out of business and not reopened after the pandemic. So there's going to be a lot of uh, support that people are going to need for finances. And I don't mean just giving them money. I mean, knowing how to handle their money, knowing how to save it, making sure bills get paid, how to pay it, how to manage debt if they got into debt. Um, And I think that the fact that the government has recognized a financial literacy month, no matter what month it is, they realize that it's always been a, a pretty serious downfall of educating people because there's not a lot of formal education on now you can go to business school. Yep. For sure. You can, and you'll learn about finances. And a lot of those finances are going to be more about mergers and acquisitions and takeovers and all that kind of stuff, which is, it's, it's fun on its own to learn that. But a lot of the personal financing is what we really fall short on understanding and teaching. And to be honest with you, getting to post-secondary education isn't when we should start focusing on that. We want to be learning that stuff now. We wanna be, and I mean, not now at our age, I mean now every day, as soon as you can. Let's start with the kids. Let's start with different ways to make it fun. So uh, just to give you a little side note um, with my kids, we started teaching them some finance a bunch of years ago and we make it fun because people, they worry about sharing too much parents, worry about sharing too much financial information with their kids. And I don't think you have to pull out your T4 or your tax return and say, hey, this is what I make. It's not about that. It's about them understanding where finances come together with their actual daily living and how they work. It's about understanding how, if they're going to go to school, how that gets paid, how much it costs, what are the expectations. If you pass what you can expect to get as, a, as a, an employment, with whatever particular degree or diploma that you come out with. It's about what are you planning on doing in the future? And what education do you need? And exactly, um, what is, how are we gonna pay for this? And what can we reasonably expect? So when I, I'll talk to anybody about money. So I think when we're talking, adding and subtracting, and we're teaching times tables, even teaching the times tables, I remember, gosh, it would have been, I think my nephew was about seven or eight. And I thought, you know what, why make things scary? So I I like math tricks. So I would teach him all these math tricks. And then when we're doing math, why not put it in a way? Like if you have a dollar and you go and buy a book for 50 cents, how much money do you have left over? And then what do you do with that money? And then I would joke with him and I would say, "Um, yeah, but if we invested that money and we made one percent interest then how much money are we going to have and and he would we'd laugh and and he'd you know I, I know at seven and eight and nine that's that's not always their comprehension in the math classes but it gets them thinking about it and we get laughing about it because then I I'd say okay if you lend me a hundred dollars I said uh, are you going to charge me interest and he'd laugh because that was one of the questions we were doing in math and I say, I don't, I don't know what that means. And, and I would explain it to them in very plain language. That means, you know, if you lend somebody money, they get paid more money to give you that money for whatever time that they're going to give it to you for. And they don't need to understand all the compounding rules. They don't need to understand straight line depreciation. If it's an asset, they don't need to understand whether or not it's an open rate variable rate. It it's irrelevant. What matters is they're starting to think about money and how it works. How does money work? If I give you money and you go and buy a candy bar with it, then you don't have that money anymore, which means you can't buy a candy bar tomorrow. But if you go and you buy a book, then you keep that money that's left over, but you also keep a book. So these are things that we start to look at. What do you buy with it? Well, if you buy a candy bar, the candy bar is gone. That's it. Instant gratification. and It's over. But if you buy a book, then you could refer to that book and you can learn from that book and it can make you smarter and make you grow and learn more. And you'll have that and maybe share it with somebody. So that is one of the things that you can just start talking to the kids about. And then as the kids got older, um, uh, my kids are my, my I have four step kids and they're pretty awesome. Actually. Um, I really hit the jackpot there. I'm not going to lie, but Uh, what we started to do is we started, we talked to them about money too. And then they got to a point where we did this really cool life insurance hybrid with investments. And now they read their, they like to ask for the statements and see how it's doing. And they get, as they got older, they start to understand it. And then you just keep sharing more and more and more with them, but you talk about it. And that's the key. It's no different than talking to your kids about drugs or getting in cars with strangers. It's, it's, it's important stuff. It's, super important, just like don't you know, look both ways before you cross the street, don't get cars with strangers, that kind of stuff. It's super, super important because they're going to need it when they're older. They're always going to need financial understanding, always. They're always going to have different stages in their life come up where they get married, they have their first child, they buy a house, they retire, they have grandchildren, and they go through the same stages of life just at different times than we do, of course, And wouldn't it be something if we knew then what we know now, people say that all the time, but we can do that. We actually can give what we know now to somebody that can know it now at that age, which would have been us back then. So why wouldn't we share that? Why wouldn't we make our kids understand something in finance and not something complicated? Why not make them invest? Start, start with saving your money, open a bank account and start to save your money and then start talking about investing We're investing is longer term. Go talk to a financial advisor when they're 18 or 19 and they're old enough to have an account in their name and sit down and they have a part-time job. You know what? You're gonna invest a portion of that money in an investment. Why wouldn't you do that? Why not talk about it? And the more they learn and the sooner they learn, the more that money works for them and the longer it works for them, which I think is very cool. And if you can get your kids to a point where they're financially sound and they're financially competent and financially literate when they're our ages in their 40s or on into their 50s or in their 30s, then I think that is a huge win. It's a win for the family and it's a win for the kids and it's a win for the next generation. Because what I do know Is if our kids are not financially literate, then they're going to be coming back to get support from the parents. And if the parents aren't financially literate and they can't afford their own lifestyle, they're not going to be able to help their kids. And that is a cycle that carries on and on and on. And that is not the cycle we want to carry on generations and generations down. So financial literacy, I think, is extremely important. And I would almost go out on a limb and say it is the most important part of finance because you need to understand it and you need to be able to look after yourself and get your own finances in order so that you're able to help your kids. And, and if you don't have kids, that's OK. You might have nieces and nephews. You might have siblings. You might have parents that, that are aging. You might have a close neighbor, close friends. It, there's somebody out there that is always benefiting from something that you're doing in a positive way. And I've said it before, and I truly believe if we're all financially secure and understanding our own business, then that translates into a huge, huge impact on the world. Because if you think about it now, if people were financially secure, and I don't mean you're having millions of dollars and you're traveling by private plane, if that's not your thing, maybe it is, and that's great. You can do that too, and that's your goal. But for the most people I see and talk to, they want some security. They want to know that they have enough money to buy Christmas gifts for their grandchildren. They want to know there's enough money to buy graduation gifts when their kids finish school. They want to know that even if they feel like it, they can do a little bit of extravagance and buy that fancy watch or buy a new car or go on that trip or on that cruise. And those are the things people really want. And if every single one of us was in a position that that's where we were, we were financially sound and financially happy. Think about what the ripple effect would be on that. Think about the social programs that wouldn't be needed, or there would be so many more people that don't need them, that the ones who truly do are getting more focused attention. Or think about when a pandemic hits, that it's going to be a little bit of a, wrinkle in your life but it's not going to financially ruin you. If you think about it from that point of view, then you think wow, what kind of impact could that have on the world? And I mean, for me, I like to look at the big picture in that way and sometimes people are like, "Oh, that's that's pretty uh dreamy and maybe unrealistic, but I think it's very realistic because I think if we all are better and we all are happy, and we all are secure, then when life hands us stuff, and it does, we all have stuff that happens in our life. Things don't go well, something happens. I mean, what are the odds of a pandemic hitting, right? (laughs) That's exactly it, Jen. So, you know, nobody thought a pandemic would hit. Except maybe on a side note, I'll say uh, the one, there's one person or one organization I know of that had pandemic insurance, if you can believe it. And uh, it was Wimbledon, and I thought that was amazing. that they are um, an organization that actually had pandemic insurance, and uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> so, other than them, I don't know if anyone else was. And I don't say so say I don't say they're predicting a pandemic, but they were just extremely diligent and extremely smart in their planning of their insurance. So, you know what? We don't know what could happen. So, why take the risk? And if you take the risk out and you can just enjoy yourself, well, geez, doesn't that make you even happier and work better? So that's what financial literacy means to me. (laughs) That sounds like my high school, a high school essay. What does financial literacy mean to you? Well, that's what it means to me. And I I think financial literacy equals happiness. I think it equals uh, health because I do know that stress on money is the number one cause of health issues for people. The number one cause of arguments in marriages and, the number one breakout breakdown of marriages is over money. So if we can make money work and make us happy, wow. Why wouldn't we do that? And look at the spinoff we'd have. We might be healthier, which means less stress, which means there's, there's other shows on this network that talk about what stress does to your body. That's, that's not my area of expertise, but I do know that it has a huge impact on you and your health and your mental capacity. So if we can eliminate that and just enjoy our life and not stress. Oh, would we live longer? Would we be happier? Would we be we would be more pleasant to be around. <laughs> we would want to do more. Uh, so that's what financial literacy means to me. And it means different things to different people. But I I think at the end of the day it just means being happier. So we're up to our second break for the night. We're going to take our second break and we'll come back and I'll talk to you about ways to improve your financial literacy and some tips on what to look for to make yourself uh, a little bit more financially literate. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network and we will be right back.
0: It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Money is complicated, right? Actually, no, it's not. You don't have to be a trader on Wall Street to get a handle on your money. TV shows often instill fear to keep you believing you can't understand it or do anything yourself. If dealing with your finances brings up a lot of other F-words, then you need to read All Ladies Should Use the F-Word, A Guide to Loving Your Finances by Kathy Cook-Noble. Kathy helps you take control of your finances and leave the other F-word, fear, in the dust. This is the Financially Speaking Show with financial advisor and educator, Kathy Cook-Noble. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back everyone. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. And I guess now I should say you're also seeing Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network because we did launch, uh, and by we I mean the network, launched the TV side and the TV portion of the network, which is uh, very cool and very exciting and slightly intimidating and slightly outside of a numbers person realm of comfort, but that's okay when you have really great producers and great friends at the network and, uh, someone great like Christine McIver who owns the network and, uh, helps work with everybody. So, um, here we are live and sort of in person and, <laughs> and for all to see and hear. So before we went to the break, we were talking about financial literacy. And if you're thinking you're not a financially literate person, that's okay. Because the, one thing I want to tell you is ways to improve your financial literacy. The number one step is start now. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your education level is. It doesn't matter how much money you make. And it doesn't matter what your time frame is and what you think you understand or what you don't understand. You can learn and start now. That is the number one first tip that we're going to have for how we're going to improve our financial literacy. So there's not going to be a, quick and magic pill that you're going to be able to take and you're all of a sudden going to be able to understand it. It's not something you're going to accomplish overnight. It's not something that you need to accomplish overnight. It's something that you're going to evolve and grow and learn. And there's not one book that you're going to read and that's the book. That's it. You don't have to read anything else. Um of course and I'll shamelessly plug like uh the book that I've written that you're welcome to read and it is available on amazon and it does address financial literacy and at a daily level and understanding of daily concepts but even that after reading it you're not going to feel like you've conquered the world with financial literacy you're going to feel like you've just started and that's what you want to do is get started so that's our first first step on how we're going to improve our financial literacy get started so start to understand what you don't understand. So what is it you want to know? What is it that you need to know? And then we'll start learning about that. We wanna talk about what's our knowledge on investing? What's our knowledge on estate planning? And I can't believe how many people tell me, well, I don't really have a lot, so I don't have an estate. I'm here to tell you, everybody has an estate, everybody. And it might be big, it might be not great, it might not be huge, it might be really huge, it might be complicated and that's okay, but everybody has one. So learn about that. We wanna learn how credit works because financial literacy isn't just about where do I save my money to get the best interest rate or where do I invest my money to get the best rate of return? It's also about how do I keep most of my money? How do I make sure my credit score is good? What is my credit score? What is that? Um, we want to know what do we need to save for the future? How does real estate work? Um, we know from the 2008, 2009 when the markets went into a tailspin that there was a huge crash for real estate and properties that were valued at 500,000 were being sold for 200,000. And the, the numbers were staggering, but what does that mean? What, what did that mean? Was it an opportunity for people um, how, would you have, how would you have navigated through it if you're one of those properties? Um, these are things that we need to understand. We need to understand how taxes work for whatever province you're in, for whatever state you're in. There's a difference between state and local taxes and federal taxes. There's a difference between municipal and provincial and federal taxes in Canada. Because what I do know is the more money you keep the is the same as earning more. So there's two ways to put more money in your pocket. You either earn more money or you save more. And saving more could be through good tax planning. It could be through moving money into the proper investments that are more efficient for you. It could be a number of things. And that's one way to make more money is just save more. And it really could be cutting back on how many coffees you drink a day. So if you took $2 a day out of your budget, that's say $10 on a work week, that's $40 a month, and what would that, that look like if you put $40 a month into an investment? These are all the things that we start to ask ourselves. This is how we start to become more financially literate. So the second point, after we've implemented the first one of starting now, we're now gonna use all the resources from in the US government or the Canadian government or the European governments or Australian government. It doesn't matter where you are. There's gonna be resources. Some are better than others. And some are, countries are more focused and some governments are more focused on helping with financial literacy. But, I mean, I've got to say most governments aren't the most financially responsible. So be aware of where you're getting advice. <laughs> Normally, we don't get advice from the person who's not very good with the financials. So when we see governments that are, aren't very efficient or very financially responsible themselves, uh, we'll use their resources and we'll read and we'll look at different uh, programs they have and different uh, financial literacy um, information packages they have you always learn something but just always look at you know what i have to have different sources where i'm getting my information from Uh, which leads us to the next step read newspapers and magazines you don't have to become an expert and start reading investments magazines but read something and, and, and look at stuff that's more neutral. So something like the Wall Street Journal, you could read um, an article in the Wall Street Journal that just explains the differences on 401ks and how they work and what they are, the difference between an IRA and a Roth IRA in the US, or the difference between an RSP and a TFSA in Canada. Like there's options, you know, you don't have to read all the hard articles that don't matter to you in that respect. But just have a because that way you get to, well, it's kind of fun, but you also get to learn a little bit about um, <clears throat> the different terminology that is going to affect you. So we all know compound interest is well, Einstein's seventh wonder of the world, or maybe we don't all know it, but we do now. And <clears throat> that's what we want to learn. How does that work? How does that affect us? Search the internet. If you don't have to, you don't have to read all the papers all the time you might pick up one and learn an article here and there that looks good but search the internet there's all kinds of resources on the internet that are easy to use and they explain things well sometimes they're interactive Um, you could take a financial literacy class uh, as one of our uh, tips for how to become more financially literate Um, depending on where you are Uh, It might have to be online because uh, right now, obviously, we're not doing a lot of in-person stuff, but there will come a day that we do it again, and what we'll do is start to take courses, whether it's a course at the community college or whether it's something through a financial institution, they might be offering it, Um, or it could be something at the library. Have a look and see. Uh, There's also stuff online we certainly can use. Well, listen to the radio, obviously. Inspired Choices Network would be a good one. I'd recommend. And for that, when I talk about financial literacy, I talk about the money part of it, the actual dollars and cents and and how that works. But I'm going to tell you, a big part of what goes with your financial literacy is your mindset. And there are uh, other shows on our network that will help with that. And you would be surprised maybe and how many people I've seen and talked to that are afraid or maybe not even aware that they have a very closed off mindset to receiving money and to having money flow. And with that, I tell them it's, it's not about how we invest your money. That's the easy part. It's about their mindset and accepting how to invest money and that they deserve to make money or they deserve to have the money work for them. So mindset is something that we need to look at which could also be um, one of the tools that we look at and that's the next step there's financial tools sorry get all choked up Um, there's a there's financial calculators out there don't take the time and take a course to learn how to use a financial calculator use the calculators that are available online there is all kinds of them and they're very easy to use and they can show you Plug in, if I do this, what does that look like? You don't need to know the formula how to do it. That's the kind of stuff that just the financial world causes confusion. And you don't need to do that. So another step that we could do towards financial literacy is start a club. And this will help improve our financial literacy. Um, We have uh, another shameless plug, actually. So there's the investment club that I have. It's the women's investment and social exchange. And we focus on daily financial issues. We ask questions, we have conversations, we have a section for children to teach our kids. Um, We've been, when I say we, uh, I've been doing this for 12, 13 years it started. And it used to be in person at my house and now we've expanded it online because we realize there's more people, and in our case, women especially, that need some support and some questions answered in a comfortable and welcoming environment so that they can ask the question that they wanna know, maybe the difference with their mortgage. They might wanna know how does spousal support work? Um, Financially, what do they do with it? They might wanna know when do I start talking to my kids and how do I start talking to my kids about money? We've got a kids section that we're just expanding for games and and some pieces of information that you can share with them. There is, um, that's another part actually, for helping us become more financially literate. Uh, Help your kids to learn. If you're helping to teach somebody else it helps you because that forces you to explain it in a way that you understand it so well, you can explain it to a 10 year old or a 12 year old and you learn together. And they're going to have questions that if you've ever talked to a kid, they are going to have questions that you did not think of and that will make you think even when they ask why to everything, when they ask why and why and why those are areas where you you start to think yourself. And that's where you really start to learn. And then, of course, we can also as our our 10th step or 10th tip is watch financial information and be aware of any get rich quick schemes. Don't be so hasty to say uh, that looks like a great deal because all I have to do is do 10 minutes worth of work and that will triple my money. You got to be careful. There's a lot of that out there. But as you become more financially literate. Those are things that start to highlight themselves to you and they just stick out like a sore thumb because you start to think of that old saying that if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. You start to evaluate it, and think about it. And even if you don't know what's wrong with it, your instincts will start to say something's not right. And then you can do more informa- more research on it, or you can go talk to somebody that's a little bit more, Um, ingrained in the financial world that can give you a little bit more depth of conversation on it. And that's when you can start to really see that, hey, I'm becoming financially literate because I know something's not right with this scheme. Just couldn't put my finger on it. That's huge. And that's a huge, huge win for you. So those are some steps and some points or tips on how to become more financially literate. We're going to take our our third and final break of tonight and then we'll come back and, and just wrap up a little bit about uh our financial literacy and how we'll continue to improve it. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network and I'm your host Kathy Cook Noble and I'll be right back. <clears throat>
0: live a life you can afford and enjoy it is possible listen for financially speaking radio show every monday at 4 p.m eastern standard time 3 p.m central 2 p.m mountain and 1 p.m pacific on inspiredchoicesnetwork.com this is the financially speaking show with financial advisor and educator kathy cook noble To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program.
1: Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network, and I'm your host tonight, Kathy Cook-Noble where every night we are talking about financial concepts and this week and next week. And for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna talk about financial literacy as it is financial literacy month in November here in Ontario. So I've talked a bit tonight about different uh, terms I've thrown out. So for the last couple of minutes, I wanna just share with you some of the terms that I used and what they actually mean. So I talked about investing. And this isn't about what stock you should buy or what fund you should be invested in. Investing is literally how do you take your money and make your money make more money? That's what investing is. And that can be through different ways. That can be through buying commodities, buying equities, buying bonds, buying all kinds of different things. And you'll hear those different terms and what the equities are is irrelevant to tonight. Um, That's what you do individually individually when you start to look at what you're going to invest in, you start to narrow down how much and when and how you're going to invest it. And at what intervals you're going to put your money in. So investing is literally what we talk about when we want your money to do something to make your money work. So money making money, that's what it is. Um, I also talked a little bit about knowing your credit score and how your credit can affect you. So we have, um, in Canada, it's your Beacon score. And in the U.S., you have a FICO score. And that's a number that you get given by rating companies on your credit to say you're you're a 500 on a Beacon score, you're an 800 on a Beacon score, you're a 600 on a Beacon score. Um, and there's different levels. There's where they say to you, this is a good number, this is a better number, and this is the best number. And if you have a credit score that is in the low numbers, then what happens is you either get denied the credit, which could be a mortgage, getting a car, um, applying for a credit card, anything like that. You either can be denied or they can charge you a higher interest rate because you are a higher risk because you have a lower Beacon or FICO score. Uh, Is that necessarily my... My ethical opinion, no, Um, but that's not what this show is about. This is about how we read it. So, I mean, my issues with how they do the scoring and how it's calculated and all that stuff, that's uh, that's a whole other show actually, (laughs) but that's the reality of what we live in. So a credit score is a very important number because that can help you get great interest rates that can help you get uh, a, a line of credit or apply for a loan to start a business Uh, These are all things that can be affected by that one score. So why we want to protect it is because of that, because it is very, very important to how we um, can grow our livelihood. There's such a thing as good debt and there's such a thing as bad debt. So to give you a quick example, when I talked about debt management, good debt, you could argue is education. And you can figure out if I go to school and I get this degree and I get a job working in that particular field, I'll make X amount of dollars and I'll be able to pay that, loan, that student loan back or, or that student fee because that uh, makes good economic sense. We can say, we spend this much money, that gets us a job that pays this much money, good move, right? Um, going and spending money because shoes were on sale or uh, there was all these deals on because it was Black Friday or Cyber Monday or whatever they are, and you run up your credit card and you carry this rate on your credit card, this, this, this um, amount of money that you have borrowed because that's what you're doing. You're getting credit. That's not good debt. That's bad debt because that will negatively affect your credit score. If you don't pay your bills on time, if you're carrying, uh, if you're not uh, paying off your credit cards, um, if you're getting yourself overextended where your debt ratio is how much you have, available to how much you have owing is really high. That means you're having more money that you need to pay back. Uh, these are all things that lenders will look at. So when we talk about financial literacy, these are all things that we should be thinking about as well. How much money do we put in an emergency fund? When I talk about savings, that's an emergency fund. That's money we set aside to pay three, six months, however however much it is. Um, most people say three to six months. That's, you'll hear that a lot. Uh, but it's a comfort level too. If you need to have 12 months to eliminate your stress, then that's what you need. And that's the money that you set aside that pays your mortgage, that pays your utilities, that pays for groceries, that pays for your phone bills, that pays for your, your, your hydro bills, your insurance on your car, all that stuff. That's your emergency money. Um, uh, people ask a lot if they need a budget. Here's the thing about a budget. People think it's an overwhelming and, um, not kind of not not the most fun they don't always think the budget's the fun i think it's fun if you if you approach it a little bit differently don't look at it as a math problem where you have to set up formal spreadsheets just track your money i say track your cash all the time you'll hear it again you'll hear it many many times talking to me track your cash because all you need to know is how much comes in how much goes out and at the end of the day am i ahead or am i behind and if i'm behind how do i fix it and if i'm ahead what do i do with the extra it's that simple So in the short, yes, you need a budget, but do you need it to be a complicated six spreadsheet connected formulas? No, you don't. Um, I also talked about retirement and I've talked about interest rates, figuring out how much you need for retirement is personal. And interest rates goes with depending on what your risk is. So thank you so much for joining us tonight on Financially Speaking. And we're going to continue our conversation for financial literacy right here again next week at the same time on the same station with the same great producers. And we'll see you again next week right here.
0: Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking radio show. Kathy Cook Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.